thing? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Should I? Should I be ready to learn a thing? Should I have strapped? Is your in? body prepared? I my well, my body is ready. I don't know if my spirit is 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 quite prepared. You're awfully confident that your body's prepared for this. I mean, I really I wanna... am, and I'm I'm concerned that I shouldn't be. Like you've you've got me on the edge of my seat here. Now you're thinking, am I phys- Have I ever been physically ready to hear something? I, I I don't I don't know if I've ever gone through a checklist. Is this like a like a like a booting up a plane thing where there's nozzles and dipsticks and? It could be. Uh, is I mean, are, is your is your tray table up? Uh, well, the fact that I do this recording on a TV tray table uh, means that no, it is very much down so that I can set my recording equipment on top of it. All right, that's uh, gonna have to mark you for that one. That's all. Uh, you see, is your, are you supine or are you in the upright position? Now, Spencer, you are very well aware that ever <laughs> since I left and became a giant podcast celebrity, that I do all of my recordings completely horizontal while being fanned by towel boys. I just needed you to admit it out loud was the thing. I always knew that. I have. Are those towel boys dressed in USSR, you know, military apparel? I don't know. Is that any of your goddamn business? I'm left with more questions, Nathan, and I don't want to ask them. Also, this has been a hot mic conversation. Oh, no. I've been outed. Welcome to the cock and bull, uh, almost call it a, a, a conversation, the cock and bull conversation. Uh, this is a podcast. It is a it is a semi-weekly. No, it's actually a, just a straight up. Oh, God, Na- oh, Nathan, I can't. I can't. I, I deviated from the formula and now I don't know how to do the words. Welcome to the <laughs> cock and bull podcast. It's a history thing. My name is Spencer. Over there is my co-host, Nathan. And uh, Nathan, in 1522, Ooh, a revolution. I love- I love 1522. A what? A revolution. Spencer, those are like my favorite things. Yeah. It's it's your favorite year and your favorite uh favorite concept. A revolution was sweeping through Europe. Oh, a place that I love having revolutions. An outbreak of destruction that historians would come to call Bildenstorm. <laughs> Wait, uh okay. Ruminate on that for a second. <laughs> Bildenstorm. Why does that sound like some predecessor to Legos? <laughs> Like, if the uh, it Swedes is, had actually had their way, it would have been called Bildeblockies. <laughs> you are close. It is Dutch, and uh, it stands for Attack on the Images or Statues. Uh, oh, no. Spencer, are you going to tell me that uh, the woke libs tearing down statues is not an isolated occurrence to our current day and age, and that history progresses in a way that we should be able to predict these sorts of things? It sounds to me like your body might not be ready for what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> These were destructive riots led by Calvinist Protestants, and they God wouldn't be contained Calvin. to the Netherlands. No, of course, it, no, I, you can't contain Calvin. They're just they piss on everything, piss on Ford, co- piss on Chevy. They piss, they don't give a shit. They'll piss on it. <laughs> I recently saw. I I wanted. I think it was Calvin was peeing on the concept of MS, like muscle. <laughs> Multiple like muscular sclerosis, multiple sclerosis. Like con- yeah yeah like the concept just- of multiple sclerosis is like Neh. like what is going where bill waterston must be so sad some days <laughs> uh since these weren't contained to the netherlands i should say that uh they were more accurately called the great iconoclasm this whole event i just wanted to say bildenstorm because it was a lot funnier and that's what they called it up in it the, up is in the a old lot netherlands funnier. Because the great iconoclasm sounds like some fucking biblical shit. Like that's like like <laughs> the Lord has come back and we are going to light things on fire now. Like I, I think holy it was shit. the 
it was the cut final mission of Halo 2. It was the great I iconoclasm. Be- I, I mean, the great iconoclasm is something that I would paint on the side of my van with scrape <laughs> with like airbrushing. Like, I would be very into getting that done in a mural. From the Mediterranean to the Netherlands, these riots targeted and destroyed countless Catholic icons, relics, and other holy art over the next 44 years. Oh, no. Of course, you you don't often see an entire generation's worth of widespread destruction and revolt pop up out of a vacuum. The riots formed in the wealthiest parts of Europe, and often by the working class in the wake of particularly terrible harvests and long winters, after a really good outdoor sermon would rile up some of these workers to finally take action. Uh, It's just that they rose up against uh, statues and paintings. God damn it. I mean, hey, hey. One step at a time, you know, you take away their their image, their craven images of power and things of that nature, and maybe eventually you get to the actual cutting off of heads. But this does seem like an intermediate. <laughs> it does seem like in a couple hundred years we will have figured out, hey, it's easier to just kill them all. <laughs> this is, in fact, kind of the cusp of the Enlightenment uh, where you've got, in the wake of these crusades and whatnot, people starting to ask, uh, should we be... Should we be doing this shit over God? (laughs) Also, if all of the kings are like divinely appointed by God, why do they all fucking hate each other? (laughs) Hey, I mean, to be fair, God, if they were all divinely appointed by God, it would canonically make way more sense that they all hate each other. Because every mythology in the history of time, Pantheon, (laughs) is a bunch of petty backstabbing bitches that all would not get along with each other. uh, Modern Europe and Greek mythology are just the same. There's one to one. You got actually you got a pretty good point actually. I think you've swayed me against the enlightenment. <laughs> well, when everyone kind of looked around and realized that 40 years had gone by, uh the great iconoclasm came to an end. <laughs> but in its wake, Europe was left with a massive deficit in the relics department. Oh, Some statues no. can be repaired, a great painting can perhaps be repainted. But what's the church supposed to do when, like, a saint's finger is destroyed? Catholics got a bunch of those bone relics. Catholics, we have gone over this in in many a cock and bull. The Catholics do love them. Some creepy, creepy corpse stashing. What do you do, Nathan, when the holy foreskin is, is looted by a German mercenary and taken to an Italian village, stolen from that guy, put on display in a weird parade, and then stolen from that guy by some French people in the 80s? Nathan, what do you do then? I did wonder when the holy prepuce would make its appearance again, and I'm glad to see it has roared back with a vengeance. It is the thread that stitches all cock and bulls together now on the road to 100. Uh <laughs> We are left with a countryside bereft of relics, Nathan, but not for long. Are they just going to start sacrificing people, making like making them saints, like, and then just like being like, "All right, organ donation. You get a kidney. You get a liver. You get a spleen. <laughs> Everybody gets a chunk." On May thirty first, fifteen seventy eight, vineyard workers in Via Salaria were digging for mineral-rich ash when they uncovered a mausoleum. Its ceilings were decorated with frescoes of biblical imagery, and it was one of thousands in a sprawling network of underground chambers. These workers had just rediscovered the catacombs of Rome. Excuse me? Just bumped right the fuck into them. (laughs) How? When did they get lost? That is a good question. These catacombs dated back to the 2nd and 3rd century. 
Uh, Roman law forbade the burial of any persons within the city proper. I didn't know that. Uh, so uh, it is that like a, <laughs> did they like backdoor their way into like a sanitation revolution? I think so. That kind of sounds like that kind of sounds accurate. That might have had something to do with it. That they yeah they just it was I guess an old cultural stigma against burying people yeah, near you where you lived. Don't yeah don't bury corpses where you eat and drink. So it didn't take long for the entrances of these underground cemeteries to get swallowed up by nature after the empire's collapse. Um, these would have been out on the edges of farmlands, and some of them were a good you know mile or so away from the city proper. So so when the decay of like the actual civilized buildings came in, it was at a way way bigger scale because most of these were already underground. So all it takes is losing the vault door. So real real kind of Zelda Breath of the Wild vibes. Oh yeah, yeah. No, these these slaves that were digging away at some nice wine patches were, uh, yeah, they they absolutely stumbled into a Zelda dungeon. Yeah, this very very much so. Just yeah, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. So we've well, man. I hope all those people they buried loved Jesus Christ the Lord. Wait, didn't they murder him? <laughs> they did. They did murder him about three hundred years before most of these bodies were buried. Jesus Dunn got Dunn got murked. By, by Pontius Pilate, I think his name was. I don't know. The crypts would have been historically for Christians. Um, but against Christians were the, the bloods. <laughs> against <laughs> the bloods. <laughs> Christians were the ones uh, that would have largely been buried in these things because um, Jewish custom and pagan custom usually was uh, uh, cremation. So... It's a it's a fair bet that the majority and this was also when Rome was going super hard on the Christian shit. I mean, like all the mausoleums in here are like covered in biblical frescoes. Yeah, um, as you were saying, and then so this is uh so this is the uh, the the Western Roman Empire, correct? So we're in like yes, Italy, we're like Rome proper. Yeah, yeah, Roma. Yeah, okay, right in Italy. Um, okay, and as a result of these tombs kind of getting left behind. You get about half a million bodies that are left virtually untouched for 14 centuries. <laughs> now, untouched, like, d d d how, se I mean, was this like a hermetically sealed vault for fuck's sake? Like, how have they not just, how has the ravages of time <laughs> um, not just done this job? Again, in the Zelda dungeons, all of those, I didn't play much of it, but every time I did, those little <laughs> shriveled up voodoo dolls were in there. It seemed like they'd been in there for a while. And this is like 1,400 years for fuck's sake. And I'm not going to say that you've got, like, straight-up mummies in here. The majority of them are bones. In fact, actually, all of them are straight-up bones. Okay, I was um, about to say, this feels like a Dragor situation <laughs> and not, not like a zombie situation. No, I'm afraid there's no words of power to, to lift off of some walls at the back of the chamber. Um, in fact, the majority of, like, trinkets and artifacts and stuff left in here was pretty sparse. So to say that they were, quote-unquote, untouched is a bit of an exaggeration. Um, it's likely that when Rome was sacked, these got looted as well. It's just, you've got all the bodies left. They The, the looters did not take yeah, some random dude's skull. They we're just like doing a bunch of like, all right, we got to get ready for Shakespeare. Take all, we got to do a lot of Hamlet. Just take all these skulls, <laughs> put them in props. We'll, we'll call it a day. <laughs> I love these thespian raiders. Yeah, oh, <laughs> no, really you, thinking you know ahead. The, the barbarian hordes were known for their, for their, they could you know, put Shakespeare on a good matinee. They really could. They, they would do it. And Nathan, when the tombs were opened up, word quickly spread to the Vatican, who, historically speaking, busted they whole nut. <laughs> the, the accidental discovery marked the opportunity that they'd been looking for to repopulate their empty reliquaries. 
They just had to get in there and find the saints. <laughs> they had to get in there and find... How? How? In 1500, how in fuck's name are you going to identify which of these bones is a goddamn... You're not doing DNA testing. What wizardry are they going to be, you know, divining who is and isn't a saint here? Oh, Nathan, I would fucking love to tell you. From the <laughs> Smithsonian... Quote, for the Vatican, the process of ascertaining which of the thousands of skeletons belonged to a martyr was a nebulous one. If they found M engraved next to a corpse, they took it to stand for martyr. Ignoring the fact that it's the initial could, could <laughs> ignoring that it could be a number, it could stand for Marcus, one of the most popular names in ancient Rome. Uh, several of the bodies had small vials among them with dehydrated flakes at the bottom. And naturally, the Catholics assumed this to be the martyr's blood rather than perfume, which was which was left on Roman graves the way like it's as that's as oh. common as us leaving flowers, if not more common. Well, it, w and it would make more sense. You, it, it would smell like shit. You would, of course, leave perfume <laughs> in there. It's a rotting corpse hall. Of course, you would leave perfume in there. So it's like when you're Why when would you're you leave a visit? vial of their blood. They're not. This is these are <laughs> phylacteries. They're not liches. <laughs> <laughs> do we are we sure are we I, sure I mean, I, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure the catholic church is against wizardry uh, in all of its forms another quote from this uh the smithsonian the church also believed that the bones of martyrs cast off a golden glow and a faintly sweet smell and teams of psychics would journey through the corporeal tunnels slip is. into a trance and point out skeletons from which they perceived a telling aura. There it is. There it is. Okay, I was about to say, wait, there. Where is the quadro track, quadro tracker of of fifteen twenty two? And it's, yep, here they are. Put in the saint card. The mediums are the here. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, no, this bone smells sick, dude. This call call Arthur Conan this. Doyle. Get him on the case. You've got to whiff this one. This is definitely a martyr. After identifying a skeleton as holy, the Vatican then decided who was issued the title of martyr. During one investigation of another catacomb in the 1560s, an Augustinian monk concluded that there were at most three identifiable martyrs down there. But by the following century, there were said to be up to 200,000. Wait a sec. Okay, hold the fucking phone. Uh, that sentence started silly and got ludicrous. Uh, what, 200,000? 200,000. That that was the the one guy who goes in there spelunking, who was basically like one of the oldest archaeologists I've read up on before the study became like a legitimate field. I believe his accurate guess that there were maybe three down there. But 200,000 is what you get when they're smelling the bones and looking for that golden aura. 200,000 is like the black book of communism levels of detached from reality. <laughs> yeah, 30 gajillion martyrs. That's like when you count every dead Nazi soldier in World War II as a casualty of communism. <laughs> Everyone like who died of old age was was a victim of communism. For sure. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. Mer yes, yes, yes. Every sperm that did not inseminate an egg was a victim of communism. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, every every chronic masturbator in Russia is a serial <laughs> serial genocidist. And uh as for this catacomb, well, approximately 20,000 martyrs were gathered from the tomb, their bones placed in a box, signed and sealed by the Vatican, and <laughs> delivered to churches across the continent. 
I'm just loving the side by the like he's Roger, like he's the commissioner of the of the football league, and he has to sign all the footballs. Like, yep, this one's legitimate, and this one's good. You get this one. What is uh, even fuck for fuck's sake? How do you come up? What bullshit backstories? You're this is like this had to be like early AI, like AI, like <laughs> Chat GPT. Hey, what this martyr do? Uh, this martyr ran into a Roman centurion and said, "I love Jesus," and got stabbed. The end. Uh, and just ad nauseum four hundred fucking times, and it's like, yeah, it was wild. It was insane. <laughs> I. I just, I couldn't come up with the backstories of 20,000 people. I couldn't no! come up with the backstories of 1,000 people. What's like, imagine, I, I play a D&D campaign, and if there's more than, like, five NPCs, I'm like, fuck this shit, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm done. I can't, I'm not doing that nonsense. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. 2,000. Like, this is like, it, but you know what? Here's the thing, Spencer. You, me, and God both know that if I were to go on Amazon.com right now and like go to the actual book section, you know that thing they used to do back in the day before they became Satan incarnate, um, <laughs> I could just Google, just just search any romance novel series, and there's gonna be like one lady that's written forty thousand different self-published <laughs> novels with two hundred distinct characters that all want to fuck each other, and let me tell you that. There were monks that were doing this, is all I'm saying. There was, there was one guy who was like, my time has fucking come. The world needs my fanfic. Here we go. And that man, that monk's name was L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> seriously. That, but seriously, you can imagine, this is not different than L. Ron Hubbard. This is literally just fabricating a religion whole cloth. They're not doing anything different. Francesco, are, are you okay? Your hand looks a little stiff. Yeah, no, I just signed my 18,000th martyr. Hold, hold on. Oh, yeah, all right. That was good mummy dust. Let's ride off. Let's, woo, got to do 300 more of these today. Give me more of that booger sugar. Let me go. I am ready to ride. I'm just writing this shit on butcher paper, and I just I rip it off when I'm done. The, the three most popular destinations for these catacomb saints were Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Now, what? Hmm. I would be, all right, I'm going to make a dumb guess now. Was the okay. Pope German? At this time, I legitimately have no clue who the Pope was. I have was, no idea, so but maybe, why maybe? are there, it, it seems like all three of those countries are hev are like Germany and, and Germanic dominant countries. Like, I am assuming. Why, why all that? Is, is that where the Bildi storm happened? <laughs> well, that was up in the Netherlands. Um, so that, that might explain maybe Switzerland's need for it. But the Martin Luther, wasn't he from Germany? Oh, Martin Luther was from Germany, yes. Martin Luther was And very that was only five years before uh, the iconoclasm technically starts, so you could probably see how the bulk of the, the destruction starts in and around him. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I, maybe that's I, it. I would, Im I would imagine. Uh, hey, everybody, go watch, uh, go listen to Hell on Earth by uh, Matt Chrisman and one of the other Chapo guys. They, they, it's a really good series on, on the Thirty Years' War, and it, it talks a lot about Martin Luther. It's very well, very well done. So if you want to learn about shit, that's a good one to do, too. Yes, yes, that comes up later, too. Once the bones were shipped out with a little name tag, nuns and monks would undergo the painstaking process of restoring the skeletons into works of art. Quote, restoration and decoration was a delicate process that could take years to complete. Bones were strengthened with glue, painted, and protected with layers of nearly transparent silk, gauze, or tulla. T tulla? Tully? 
Cockable. Missing pieces were reconstructed with wax, wood, or papier mache. In the ca- <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, no, it's just what? What? He's missing half his face. All right, break out the newspaper. <laughs> Give me some Why? of that glue. But- I, I may be confused. When I, when we've understood, what I've understood is relics are usually you've got a guy's <laughs> withered finger bone in a box buried under your thing. Why are they making them into like the human bodies exhibit at the science center right now with like, what what is, what is going on? It's a good question. And, and you don't see this often. There wasn't exactly an agreed upon standard for each of these different body restoration sects. And so sometimes you would see a skull that the nun decided was a little too creepy at that church. So they opted to use wax and paper mache to rebuild the face. And I'll be honest, man, that looks worse than an actual plain old skull. I was about to say, this is very much like that person that tried to do the restoration of Jesus and just did that one weird dopey faced like MS paint drawing (laughs) of Jesus then. That feels like that, like that nun, like, mm-mm, no, can't have it. Or like when, what was it? Uh, uh, oh, what was the fucking demented right-wing sec- uh, attorney general under Bush? The psychopath that like put a towel over Lady Liberty's tits because he could not <laughs> handle a titty being out <laughs> behind him when he one. was talking. This yeah. one's new to me. Oh, I don't want to derail. But oh, <laughs> Bush. Attorney <laughs> General, I'm gonna get there, baby. John Ashcroft, that's that psychopath's name, and he was from Missouri. He was a Missouri like go- like a, a, he ran for the uh, John Ashcroft ran for the governorship of Missouri and lost to a dead man, and so Bush gave him the Attorney General spot as like a consolation prize. And I'm it's depressing what that the I, fuck? I, I'm probably like the last borderline generation that kind of understands that story from Missouri. But yes. John Ashcroft ran against a uh, uh, a dead man, a, a man corpse? who died in a plane crash uh, during the race. He got okay, beat I'm glad by it wasn't that pre-nomination. Fuck. <laughs> he got beat by that corpse, and then his cor- the corpse's wife went on to serve as our governor in his stead. Because apparently, you how, just do that. How close to the election day did he die? Uh, that because is a great question. If it uh, was like, if it was any more than 12 hours before voting time, that is fucking insane. <laughs> the, like, oh. like that everyone looked at the ballot and knew that this man had been dead for like a month and they were like, well, I mean, fuck Ashcroft, though. I'm voting for the dead guy. Uh, Missouri Governor Mel Carnahan was killed Monday. This was, okay, October 17th. Spencer, it was like a month before election day. It was a month before. Oh. <laughs> it was a month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude. They basically said, uh, I get it. Anyone but this psychopath. <laughs> oh, my that was God. John that is That is amazing. I'm surprised that there wasn't some maneuver to remove him from the ballot. Like, I were people just like, we don't know what to fucking do in this in this case. I don't know. No, I just want to see what happens if the corpse wins. Does he have to show up to inauguration day? Like, I he's just that again. He is such. Oh, he was just that such a dementia, fucking human bad. Being. That bad that he lost to a court. Well, and and he got like a bronze bust of his face, didn't he, or something? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just, it was just all botched. Oh yeah, just to hell in a handbasket. It was so bad. Well, Nathan, it's not just like they're fixing up the skeletons for the nice body works reference point that you've got there um 
they were also given a glow-up to match. Some were posed in a warrior stance and suited in gilded or silver plate armor. Others had a slew of gems and jewels glued to their bones before being posed in a, a real seductive kind of kind of sexy calendar pose. And uh, finally, like the most expensive shoebox diorama the world has ever known, they were proudly displayed in the church. And my God, when I tell you that people fucking loved it. Oh my God, no! Like loved it. The communities no. basically took it as being given a holy mascot for the town. <laughs> We've oh. we got our guy. I cannot. It's Saint Tony. Oh, the townsfolk. My God had zero clue that the Vatican was bullshitting who was who, so they unanimously believed that they had been given an actual Christian saint to keep in their church, and they were so fucking proud of it. They were so proud of it. The diamonds and the jewels and the armor and the silk, all of it was lavished onto these bones by the town. The Vatican did not send them a bedazzler kit with the bones. They just did this shit out of their own pocket. Oh, God. Oh, I don't like this. The Thirty Years' War that stretched on from 1618 to 1648 would lead to even more gaps in the relic hoard, and so the Vatican popped open a few more tombs and shipped off those bones. So the tombs are just the strategic bone reserve of the Vatican Church at this point. It's their bone savings account, yeah. It is their, it is the bone, yeah, and and the bone deficit, I mean, there's 200,000 of them down there, we can keep this going for years. (laughs) 200,000 out of the what what did i say half a million bodies that were thought to be in the room so you've got what like a percent martyrdom rate <laughs> pretty good pretty Fucking good some some amazing stats in there that that 40 percent of everyone who was buried in rome was a martyr <laughs> that, incredible that is- it is such, though, it is such like a modern day America political take. Like, if you died, you were either on the right team or the wrong team. Fuck you. 50-50. With In other news, martyrs. I need to make a I need to make a correction. I need to make a correction because someone at home is screaming. And I, I need to not have you be attacked. They may have already come for us in the night. John Ashcroft lost a Senate election to a dead man, not a governor race <laughs> to a dead man. The governor of Missouri was running against Ashcroft for the Senate and then he died and they basically said it, it was an air buzz situation because it literally says due to Missouri election laws and the short time to election, Carnahan's name remained on the, it's literally an air bud. And mm. they just said <laughs> literally with a month to go, if you elect this guy, I will put his wife in office. And his wife was like, I will do my duty. And everyone was like, <laughs> I mean, fuck it. It can't be worse than this fucker. And and just roll with it. And that's, that is, okay. We are, it is, it is the first time a posthumous person has ever been elected to the United States Senate. But knowing the way things are going, it won't be the last it fucking time. It will not be the I'm last. Sure, I am sure Dianne Feinstein will be reelected at age 102. <laughs> All was well, Nathan. All was going great. I think you would agree that that up to this point in the story, everything's been going amazing. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the 1500s up into the 30 years war. No, yeah, there's never been a better time, baby. Let, like, what a time to be alive. People are burning shit. We're popping corpses out of old holes in the ground and we're dressing them up. It's a great time. Um, it's until, a great time. Until the 19th century rolls around. Oh, and and, and let's be real. Nothing fun happened in the 1800s. No. In fact, it was kind of the buzzkill of human history. Suddenly, 
Europe has this morning after where they wake up in bed with a diamond studded skeleton and they think to themselves, my God, what have I done? Uh, <laughs> and then David Byrne does his fun dance. Uh, it was it was the late 1700s. What? It was the late 1700s when Austria's emperor uh, decided to be the first buzzkill, uh, Joseph II. He ordered that all relics lacking, quote, definite provenance be thrown out. Uh, and- <laughs> okay. Now, hold on. Now, this, okay, I, I'm not really on board with uh, Austrian emperors usually. It's sort of <laughs> like a general aversion thing I have. Uh, but I'm going to say, if he was like, hey, fuck these bullshit skeletons, I might be on board with this guy. I'm just like, oh, wow. Holy shit, Spencer. What? You said Joseph II? Yeah. Oh, we've got a little fiddly boy king. Oh, wait, what? How old is Joseph? Oh, Spencer, Google Joseph II, Holy Roman Emperor, and look at the first image that just comes up on Google. Oh, my. We've got ourselves a right foppish boy king. Oh, my God. What a little dandy. A little dandy boy, if I've ever seen one. That he's if like you told me that was Mozart, I'd have bought it. He's the size of a gnome in one of these, but like with oh, an adult's yeah, face. Yeah, no, he's 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 wackadoo. This boy like demands that you bring him. A, he demands that you fight to the death for his amusement. And here's oh, a picture God. of him being played by that one guy character actor that shows up in like every movie ever. Paul Giamatti. Right, cool. It's Paul no, Giamatti. Not Paul, oh, it's are you not sure? Paul Giam- it's not Paul like Giamatti. Paul. It's he plays no, everybody. I know, but it's not Paul. Trust me, that's not Paul. I know him. I think he's also in like the Patreon. I think he just did a bunch of period pieces around that time. It's hard to tell. Um, man, fandom historica.wiki is a weird hole that we can't go down today, Spencer. Please <laughs> tell me more about Joseph II banning relic. Historica sounds like I'm making Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin fuck. That's, I know. That's no, no, like. that's right. I, I hit backspace so hard because I was afraid. <laughs> uh, these dress up bones uh most certainly lacked definite provenance so they were thrown the fuck out uh they were they were torn down from their posts they were locked away in boxes or cellars or they were plundered for their jewels and then thrown in the garbage and let me tell you some people were really fucking unhappy that they had to give up their bones oh no they really loved their bones like there were some come and take them flags hanging in front of these little (laughs) cobblestone huts just a Gadsden flag, but instead of the stupid snake, it's a bedazzled <laughs> spinal column. I will um, I will pay anyone any amount of money to make that be the one piece of merch the Cock and Bull sells. It's a fucking t-shirt of a diamond-studded <laughs> spinal diamond column. Diamond-studded spinal column, come and take it. <laughs> it was- oh, God. I also, uh, just while we, uh, just as pepper in some more about Joseph II, I do Please. love the people. Also, the people also ask function is one of the greatest contributions to mankind. What did <laughs> Joseph II do for the Enlightenment? <laughs> like the Enlightenment is a thing. Like, hey, motherfucker, what are you doing for the Enlightenment today? <laughs> Go enlighten ask, some shit. Ask not. Well, I'll tell you what he did. He, he demanded that anything lacking definite provenance be thrown the fuck out. That's what. What are two major accomplishments of King Joseph of Austria? Why is everyone just doing their homework in my Google searches? I have things to accomplish. <laughs> With rationalism taking root in an ever shrinking world, uh, I assume at the hands of Joseph II. Uh, information becomes more freely available and with it comes an embarrassment and humiliation of believing that the bones that you've been, uh, I guess, rooting for at every local sports game 
were not in fact authentically gifted by the Vatican and are not those of a Christian martyr. They're just the first set of bones a bishop happened to sniff in a deep dank vault. And the problem is they're they're dolled up like the gremlins and I think gremlins too, where they all look like weird, <laughs> weird stereotypes lesbians. of sex workers. <laughs> oh, slowly, Nathan, the catacomb saints of Northern Europe began to dwindle. In 1803, the secular magistrate of Rottenbuch in Bavaria auctioned the town's two saints. Holy shit! Oh, man. what was the bidding like for a saint? Step right up, step right up. I don't know how much they sold for, but I do know that 174 years later, in 1977, the townspeople bought them back. Oh my, what the, like in a plucky underdog story? Like they yeah. got together and pooled their money, won the lottery, and bought their saint back? Just... Real, yeah, real small town success story. This community banded together uh, to buy the bones that their great, 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 great grandparents saw. <laughs> like 174 that are 100% years. hundred percent just a random dead person's bones. It was with, their dead person's with, bones. <laughs> with glitter on them. And like some paper mache eyeballs. For sure, paper mache eyes, some googly eyes, for sure. That guy was dabbing. We want him back. <laughs> turns out, <laughs> turns out not everyone was willing to part with their holy bone mascots. As I said, some had grown quite attached, uh, but as the centuries went on, so many would vanish into obscurity. Today, only 10% of the original 20,000 catacomb saints are believed to still exist, and very few are still publicly displayed. For my American listeners, I believe your nearest catacomb saint lies in the Church of the Most Holy Redeemer in Manhattan, where, in 1892, a nondescript Italian woman delivered them to the church after smuggling them away from rationalist oppression overseas. What? <laughs> Just the a, absolute uh, fuck. A rainy night, there's a knocking at the, at the chapel sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> I've got bones. Like, like why? A, it, yeah, I imagine they were left in a little little bread basket, swaddled up in a, a nice blue cloth, and they, they unwrap it, and it's just fucking bones. That, that seems like an ominous threat, not something useful. <laughs> there, you can find the remains of Saint Dati, Datian? Datian? Dacian. Maybe it's Dacian. Saint Dacian. Encased in a big wax effigy of a guy, so generically white that the locals thought it was the corpse of a cop that died a few weeks before the saint went up for display. They were just like, wow, look at this new thing we got in the church. That kind of looks like that cop. He's got, like, the mustache. He's, uh, he's got a face. I just... There are so many more of them still on display in Germany and Switzerland, but I think your best bet at getting the catacomb saint experience is heading to Lieberfest in Roggenburg, August 15th, where every year... The locals hold a parade featuring the four bodies they received in 1720. The three female saints are carried by young women dressed in virginal white, and the one male saint is carried by male pallbearers in top hats and tails. Afterwards, there's a celebration with beer, food, and brass music. <laughs> brass music? We're going to ska? <laughs> they, yep, real big fish headlines this year. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I, can, I 
think Ska could have some fun with bones. Is all I'm saying. Just you skank too hard, and you've just you knock over the bone man. But imagine the spooky, scary skeletons. But instead of that song, it's just, they just all have trombones, and they're doing a ska track. It would work. I don't like the thought of beer and food as I listen to my music, and the table next to me. All four seats are taken by corpses. They're just kind of <laughs> sat up. One of them's doing like a little cheerio gesture with his teacup. Fucking wire uh, and paper mache holding them together. Uh, Nathan, that concludes 89, the great bone plundering of the 16th century. Uh, not going to lie, I think this is a sleeper hit. I think this was, I think this, I think there's a lot going on in this episode for a lot of different people. There's a, there's a little bit of something for everyone if, you, if you're not uh, into the bones. A, this is a smorgasbord of an episode. You know, you, no matter what you're into, you'll find something you like here. Joseph II fans will be pleasantly surprised when they pick this one up. Anyone, John anyone who was in... John Ashcroft supporters everywhere. I'm sure John Ashcroft's one of those guys that would still fit in real good today. He'd he he would him and Giuliani as a tag team for Trump would be great. Oh yeah, I really ahead think of the curb. Be, they could do a great one too. Really ahead of the curb. I would like to thank my sources for this week's episode, namely Heavenly Bodies by Paul Kudinaris. Uh It is a picture book. Photo. He, his whole gig is he roams the countryside looking for more of these catacomb saints. And I stumbled into this story. Because of an article he wrote where he was like, I was in a German town and I was getting a drink and a guy asked me, you want to see a dead body? <laughs> and he he walks him out to this church that has been boarded up for the last like 40 years, like like just in this abandoned church. They didn't take the thing down. There's just a sheet of plywood on the wall that you got to pluck one nail out. And there's just a corpse behind the plywood in his nice red robe sitting in a chair like a lich with rubies for eyes. What the absolute fuck? And if you are as morbidly curious as I am, um, there are... Tons of pictures in that book, Heavenly Bodies. I think he actually did two books. Um, and you can also look these up on, on Google, just the Catacomb Saints. They are, wow. Um, I'd also like to thank Jessica Kale at Dirty Sexy History for an amazing write-up she did on this back in 2020. Uh, we want to thank Dripless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song, There Were Buffalo on the Ark, off the album Cholera. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one as much as we enjoy making them. And thank you all. We will see you again very, very soon. Bye-bye! Oh, you almost, you almost forgot. <laughs>